sweet cheeks. <laughs> Welcome to the Man Cave, the only podcast hosted by two best friends and world travelers with nothing in common except their name. I'm Mandy Fabian. And I'm Mandy Kaplan. And I actually can't finish the intro. Hmm? I What? Yeah, I was just watching a video about a cat named Captain Pickles. And okay. uh, I need to go. I need to. <laughs> While I was talking? No, no. Right before we logged in, I need to go and see okay. what happened with Captain Pickles and if he and his new kitten brother, Garfield, are going to be best friends. Because that's who I am and what I'm oh about. Oh, my God. I, You know what? I'm really glad that you're bringing this yeah. up. Because I feel like... Uh, every friendship should have like a review process. And I, I, I want you to know, like, I mean, I love you and I love your cat fixation, but as we get older, I'm going to need like a, maybe around age 65, 70, we have like a review. I don't know if I can go full crazy cat lady with you into your old age. Do you know what I mean? The fact that you're young and vital and sexual right now makes me feel excited about your... <laughs> <laughs> I've already gone full crazy cat lady and yeah but I can uh, yeah I know and I'm taking know, your daughters saying, with me so oh god kiss them I goodbye know. thank god Patrick is allergic yeah I know no they they love kitties too but they still prefer dogs I'm hanging on to that you know well that and that's the that sums us up, right? I'm a cat person. You're a dog person. <laughs> why not? Why, why not? Why? Grab a couch and let's get to it. Cut this shit. We had a week off and and I missed we you. We did. Oh, did you? Yeah. We are different. No kidding. Mm. I No, I, I enjoyed being in Texas so much. We swam in... Well, we swam in one river, but it turns out that river goes through like four different towns. Oh. And so we swam in the Guadalupe River like three times. We did two rope swings. We saw one venomous water snake. Um, and <laughs> we we did it. This totally defines our differences. I would never yeah, swim I know. in a river. I would I would yeah. not be like, oh, rope swings and venomous snakes. Sign me up. <laughs> I was staying in a hotel in Times Square surrounded by, you know, luxuries and amenities and just conveniences galore. <laughs> I know. I know. So, I mean, I, I, but I saw family. We drank margaritas and had Mexican food. I had so much Mexican food that for the first time in my life, like, it was so crazy. I swelled up so much because of the uh, chips and queso, which queso is a breakfast food in Texas. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So like we had, and also, by the way, you just dip chips in this thing called jalapeno ranch, which is really just ranch dressing that's spicy. Uh -huh. So we were eating melted cheese and ranch dressing. Not so different from you. I feel like this is a thing you'll enjoy when we go to Texas yeah. together. Yeah. Um, but like so swollen up now I'm a normal size again, but you couldn't believe three days ago. Like I couldn't, I couldn't fit in any of my clothes. I was round. You should, it's crazy. It's crazy how much salt. How did you get rid of it in three days? Did you do one of those fasts? I know you do those. The, you drink I'm, juice and. No, I just, I cleanse, checked I myself. No, I didn't even have to cleanse. All I had to do was stop eating chips and queso and ranch dressing three times a day because it was salt. Mm -hmm. I, the, all of the Mexican food and the refried beans and everything is so salty that it just like makes you puff up. Sure. So anyway, yeah. 
<laughs> but um, you were in a that so that was the excitement. You know, the the salt, the water retention was the big highlight of my trip. But you went to the capital of the world, our nation's capital. Uh, yes, it was fantastic. Loved it. Got mm-hmm. speaking of food, got to one of Jose Andres's newer uh, fusion restaurants called China Chilcano, which was Chinese, Japanese, okay. and Peruvian. It was very, cool. very good. And Casey's at a fun foodie age where he's like trying all different stuff. So that was great. Um, Very cool. We did the Lincoln assassination tour. So like you walk, you're on foot and the guy tells you the whole story of, you know, and over in that building, there was a meeting going on, a secret meeting and the police came and blah, blah. Like it was very cool. Uh, <gasps> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we were wicked classy and then went to New York City and we saw Phantom and I cried and cried and cried and Casey loved it. He said yeah. it changed his life. And but I couldn't <laughs> stop crying. And here's the problem. I'm crying because mm-hmm. Phantom is moving and beautiful and powerful and it makes you appreciate theater on so many levels. Like yeah. I don't want to see a movie yep. of Phantom of the Opera. It has to be in the theater with those voices. Ugh. It was it yeah. still works on every level. I loved it. But then I got over that and then I couldn't stop crying because I miss theater. And I miss doing theater. And what if I had stayed in New York and never stopped pursuing theater? So Mm -hmm. I'm announcing my retirement from the Mand Cave and from you and from Los Angeles. (laughs) And I'm going back to NYC to see if I can't finally play Christine Dye. Because I can still hit that high E. Of course. Listen, can we just give it up already and like move to some town and run a theater company together? Like we'll have kids, we'll do the kid theater and then we'll do grown up theater. Like, let's just do that. I would love it. I don't even know why. Yeah. I, you know, it's so funny that you say that. Oh my God, we're having a very genuine moment here, but it, it, it does that, right? When I go back to New York, I'm, I'm like, whoa, this was the time when I was completely chasing being an actress, you know, and now I've totally switched to being like a director and a writer. And, and Texas was a similar thing because I grew up there. Mm-hmm. You know, you get this really kind of nostalgic, like, oh my God, I, I used to just like <laughs> swim in rivers. I know that's not as exciting to you, but to me, it was like, oh yeah, that's right. I was on a horse for eight hours a day, like just kind of dreaming and pretending. And it, there wasn't a lot of hustle. And I kind of liked the slow, slower pace. It was good for me. Good. Uh, it makes you go sliding uh, it doors, you, right? It makes you think, well, what if I stayed here? Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I, I'm here to say, like, I'm not blowing smoke. You are so talented. Like, I've I very often thought there, you know, and I, and I happen to think that I'm talented, too. Like, we're not different in that way. But, you know, I very often thought, like, well, you know, L.A. is just it's like the Olympics, right? Not everybody gets to win the gold medal. There's plenty of people that are really, really good, but it's like fractions of a second. And if you had a cold that day or like whatever coach you had, like there's so many factors that, you know, lead to whether or not you get to do the thing you love. Mm-hmm. And I've, I, and I think that's different. If you're, I, I envy people who are in smaller communities that are like, yeah, Right. <laughs> I wrote a play and I put it up yes. and we did this musical right. because you can. Well, that's what I that's why I started Miscast 11 years ago. It's it really yeah. was my way of continuing to do what I love in my on my own terms, yeah. in my own way. It's not uh making me famous, it's not making me a dime as I give it all to charity, but it feeds my soul and I get to do what I love. Yeah. So I'm I'm so glad I have that. I think I would be very um, a much unhappier person. 
if I didn't have miscast, if I didn't still get to do what I yeah. love? Well, it's so funny. Like when we went to uh, New York for my birthday and saw all that theater, like mm-hmm. we had that crazy, like, let's see plays. And I go see theater all the time. Like I'm a bit of a monster about it. <laughs> um, and and I actually looked into going to like graduate school. <laughs> Whoa. To direct, to direct theater. Yeah. Because like, I love it. So right. I know I'm with you. I'm just saying I'm with you and I love it. And I, and I wish that I could do it all the time. We could probably do it in LA, you know. Well, I am doing it. Yeah. And you're doing the but next I mean, miscast, June 12th. That's true. So we're doing it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I wonder why we're having um, all these deep, insightful talks. <laughs> it's interesting because, yes, this week, okay, wow. This week I made Mandy watch Atlas of the Heart, Brene Brown's show on HBO Max, which essentially is a episodic version of her book, Atlas of the Heart, which she, it's a written book and then it's also an audio book. And I was listening to the audio book before I, we watched this. Um, I have listened to some of her audio stuff. Here's what I'm going to say. Okay. She basically, Atlas of the Heart, basically, from what I can understand, it, it feels almost alphabetical, but she basically just takes emotions and then talks about them in her great Brene Brown way. But it, this one, this one feels like she's almost giving definitions of these emotions and she doesn't go a whole lot deeper. It's interesting. I, I'm going to say, uh, I am such a fan of Brene Brown. Her books have changed my life. Rising Strong, uh, Dare to Lead, all of those books, like I can't put them down. They're page turners for me. But this show felt super aimless. And I'm going to be honest, I had been listening to the book and the book was feeling a little aimless for me. Huh. That said, I have fr- I'm re- we're doing it for a book club. Wasn't my suggestion, by the way. Was somebody else's suggestion. They and, and but everybody else is like, oh my god, this woman speaks to my soul, and they're getting all the Brene Brown amazingness. So I just assumed we would too. But I'm going to be honest, it's a it it's a little flat for me. It's not giving me the juicy juicies that I like. You hate the word juicy. Don't I'm going to vomit all over my microphone. And then I'm going to put my microphone under your pillow, covered in vomit, for saying that. <laughs> and I think Fandy Nation is with me. I think everybody just went, oh, nope. oh, no. Fabian. No, nobody else. No, nobody else hates that word like you oh, do. It was, Go ahead, oh, though. God, I, you, and you used it twice and put an S on the second one. Oh, there's so much the, wrong oh, with that. Um, yeah. Okay, so this is my, I've heard about Brene Brown from you for years. And I have made fun of Brene Brown because I am an awful person and I like to torment you and (laughs) mock all you love. So it's going to shock you to hear. I loved this. You did not. I know I did not. I'm lying. I'm lying. It's garbage. She's garbage. It's garbage. (laughs) The title. Can we start with the title? Atlas of the Heart makes me want to beat her up in a dark alley. (laughs) And this is no. I actually, I, I had the thought, don't, don't be mean, Mandy Kaplan. Don't be mean because this really means a lot to Fabian. And then that, that's how I decided to start. I'm sorry. I'm an awful person. I don't know how you yes. put up with me. I don't either. And I'm so surprised because you are so good at like usually talking about feelings and stuff that I'm surprised that this work makes you so like, let's beat her up in a dark alley. It's because of, well, that's for different reasons. I Like, I fully respect (laughs) that I'm 
I'm a person who is very comfortable talking about feelings, exploring them, understanding them, having my feelings, letting myself have my feelings, letting others have their feelings. That's all very natural to me. So this feels like a doy. I get it. Everything she says, I'm like, obviously, a doy. It just doesn't, there's no, and you just said, there. It, this doesn't go deep. This like names things and then moves on to name another thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, this does. Um, But. You know, the just the vibe of the filming of this was so LuLaRoe. And she wa- she has a tiny little audience of sycophants gathered. And she walks in at like Oprah, right? Heavily made up and teased and sprayed yeah. and denimed. And she walks in. And right away, I was like, this feels culty. It feels phony. That's not the vibe I ever got from listening to you talk about her. From reading her books, no, you you it, you had such meaning from her. Not yeah, not, she was never selling anything to you, right? No, this was so weirdly to me. They were like, Brene Brown is so popular, we should try to make her into a TV show, and it didn't translate. Like this is not her vibe at all. She is like a kickback with your boots up, Texas. Like I'm gonna chat with my friends. Like the whole made up thing and the way that she's talking to the audience and engaging it felt very false to me i'm so glad you said that because i wrote it feels like she's working so hard at being just like us right i didn't buy it i didn't like her energy she's i think she's was on she's not a performer Mm -hmm. she she's a research scientist you know what i mean so i think she's actually way more comfortable with her doing her data and research and writing her books which is an isolated thing i think you put her in front of people and ask her not that she's not good with people but it felt very much forced into a they tried to make it like an oprah or a a light light colored femme femi talk show kind of thing and it just didn't and it, it, it i don't know how you're supposed to have an uh like a bright excited let's all talk conversation about this shit this is and 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 i will say also i agree like this book didn't do anything there are books that are like rising strong which is about recovering from a horrible thing in your life coming back from trauma and how we do that dare to lead is about having hard conversations in a workplace in a setting where you have to acknowledge people's like acknowledge the the thing that's not being spoken, mm-hmm. right? The elephant in the room mm-hmm. and taking it out, looking it over and figuring out how do we serve our goal the best way we can and all work together as a team while also being acknowledged and not, you know, glossing over anything. Like it takes dysfunction and thrashes it usually. And this is sort of just like, there's this emotion and that emotion and here's a movie clip. She named emotions. She starts off yeah. by saying, and the word I want to say is infomercial. This reeks of an infomercial. The way they shot it with the audience ooing and eyeing and clapping at everything she's saying. She's like, am I right? Who's felt that? You felt it, girlfriend. I know you have. It was all very like she was trying to sell and I will, she was trying to sell beauty products and I will watch those infomercials because I believe, (laughs) I'm like, I can look like Cindy Crawford if I just buy meaningful beauty, which is made with all natural ingredients. I'm such a sucker. I don't actually buy the things, but I Google them and then you, Google them and you're like, this product doesn't work. Read 10,000 reviews from angry purchasers. And then I stop. But I can watch an infomercial. I This felt like an infomercial. Now, she wasn't selling anything, yeah. which is nice. She wasn't saying buy my books or it, it didn't have any selling no. aspect. But it had that vibe. And she starts off by saying, I'm going to review 30 emotions. And I wrote 30 emotions. Oh, brother. Like, she's... <laughs> 
And she even is like, do you all look for emojis when you're texting? Right? I like, yeah. And it's about you could be happy or sad. It was just like, it felt like we were in her kindergarten class. Yeah, I, I agree. It felt really pedestrian. And I, yeah, Ooh. I think it's really hard to do a TV show about these things, mm-hmm. you know, like she talks about like, we're going to go deep and we're going to go hard in this. And it's, and you're going to be uncomfortable and you're never going to be able to unhear this. And it's going to be a challenge, but it will change you and you'll, you'll only be different. And I was like, okay. And I got emotional hearing that. I'm like, oh, okay. She's going to reveal some real things here that, that are going to be, that we're going to tangle with. And then she never delivered on that. Mm-hmm. It was so weird. There was no point to it. Right. There was no there there. How yeah. many episodes did you watch? Well, I watched, uh, I watched two, but it was only because I thought, well, maybe it gets better with the second one. Because at you the know? end of the first one, the only one I watched, because yeah. I'm smart, uh, she was like, okay, and then next episode and in future episodes. And I was like, so was this just like an introduction a 48-minute yeah, introduction? No, I know. And honestly, I think that what she said at the end of the first episode made me go, oh, well, that sounds interesting. Maybe that's in the second episode. But then it wasn't. It was this super weird thing of like, I'm going to show you this clip. That's rage, huh? And you're like, I, what are you saying? You're showing me movie clips and telling me that we have emotions. It There was no... Yeah. We don't have to talk about it very long because... It's was kind of just a, a real misfire. And I and I'm sad because it Brene Brown has some really cool, like really great stuff. And for people like me who d- did not have any language regarding this and struggle with it, she keeps saying the thing that, you know, we all need to hear and can only hope to to act like to follow her instruction mm-hmm. you know the fact that she even gives you ideas that feel different than the things that go you know the voices in your head are really helpful right uh, but I, well i want i want to go deep if i can okay and i do have yeah, a clip right. for pete uh pete <laughs> if you could play in the first episode minute seven thirty-eight seconds to minute eight and 24 our connection with other people is only as solid and deep is our connection to ourselves. In order for me to be connected to you, I have to know who I am. I have to be connected to myself. And I think what we end up doing is we end up desperately searching for connection with other people when we have no idea who we are. I mean, this this brings me back to dating in my early 20s. How many of you know the dating in your early 20s grind? (laughs) Yes? Yeah. For me, it was, hey, what music do you listen to, Brene? I don't know. What music do you listen to? Um, oh, me too. I love that band. What's that band? Okay. Listen to that band. Listen to the band. Um, where do you want to eat today? I don't know. What do you, what do you want to eat? Oh, my favorite's Italian too. That's so crazy. We have so much in common. Um, and now, like, I'm in my 50s. And so now those couples, what goes on inside their house is, hey, I don't want to eat that shit. I never liked it from the beginning. And if you put on that album one more time, but you, it's your favorite album. I never liked that group. I just liked you. The Fandies just heard her saying how we can all pretend to be somebody we're not with a guy 
and she's doing it in her I'm just like you way. And she's like, oh, I love to eat there. I don't really like that shit. Oh, I, you know, pretending to be somebody she's not. And I remember learning that about myself, that for three months in every relationship I had with guys, I would not be myself. Now, not necessarily pretending I liked sports and I don't, or I didn't, I never did that, but I would pretend something didn't really upset me or pretend I was, you know, really laid back and didn't love to follow a schedule and make lists and right. I would pretend to be really? someone different. And then after three months, I would cut bait and run because I was like, I can't keep this up anymore. And the, the deep thing I want to say is I never did that with Jer. I always was like, Aww. I can be myself. I can let you know I'm upset by something. I can, as he knows, I can run my tight ship with my schedules and my plans and my nagging. <laughs> and and that's that's like how you know you found the right person, right? You're not pretending. Absolutely. You got to find the one that you can wear down to a nub, you know? And I hope you, you do. Really... I really hope you do. <laughs> um, speaking of your husband, I turned on yeah. my TV when I was oh, doing yeah. dishes and there he was doing an interview KTLA. for Better Call Saul. It was a yeah, very which exciting. is premiering. Yeah. Well, by the time this airs, it will have premiered last week. Yeah. It's really, I got to say, I rewatched a trailer. That is a beautiful show. Way better than Atlas of the Heart. <laughs> oh, just saying the name. And it, it sounds like a bad country song or a bad yeah. country Western movie with a bad song Look, called Atlas of the Heart. Yeah. Well, last episode we reviewed you know, Judd Apatow, who's one of my favorites. Right. Like, I love his movies usually, even though they can be a little heavy handed. And this is uh, Brene Brown is one of my favorites. And, you know, this is this just I would never watch another TV show of hers. I don't think they just I just don't think they did it right. right. I don't think she's a TV. This shouldn't be on television. Right. Or if it is, they should do one of her better books like The Dare to Lead. I would love to see like a mock, not mock, but like a documentary of them working out this shit in the workplace. But I also find that television generally kind of tries to dumb things down or repeat things, right? Don't you think? Uh, yeah, sure. As do we on this podcast. Um, <laughs> well, the, my what was that? My last thought was, and you've said it so perfectly, I didn't get the mission statement. And I said, she feels like Cliff Clavin at the bar, just yammering about all the things he knows. Like, oh, and another thing and another thing, right? Like that that was my impression of Brene Brown from Atlas of the Hot. So there you go. Yeah, I, I, this is the weird thing. Like even those experts that she had, like they say some good things, but again, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Even honestly, I went and looked at like quotes from Brene Brown's books on a website and they were good. Those just taken out of context, you go, there you go. Mm -hmm. That's a message that people need to hear. But just sort of doing the definitions of emotions, it wasn't enlightening <clears throat> or helpful in any way. And I, and that is, that's the point of her stuff. Right. Well, I hope and that I, Curtis, the fandy who suggested this, I hope he suffered through some of it as well. Because <laughs> I am that vindictive. Well, he didn't have to talk about it on the podcast. So he probably, you know, watched three. I could tell you was a true Brene Brown fan that I don't think anybody who's a real fan is going to enjoy this. <sighs> I, her TED Talk. You should watch her TED Talk. I will assign it if you don't watch it on your own. Her TED Talk is actually really interesting because it is the research and it talks about. But here's the thing. Why 
does other people's shame and vulnerability like make you so dismissive? You know what I mean? Like it's other, think about how, what it's doing for other people. I'm not dismissive of other people's emotions. And I said, I understand why people would want to investigate and explore their emotions. It's just not for me. So if you talk, so someone talking about vulnerability is something that you're comfortable with and you don't think a thing about it. Well then, so you, do you not like, does it trigger you in a way? Like it makes you uncomfortable? Not at all. You've cried to me many times. Oh, no, no, no. But I mean, like if someone talks about vulnerability and like that's it's something that you just kind of go, yeah, that's the way it doesn't enlighten you or make you think. No, (laughs) it just sort of is. (laughs) I'm too surface. I I just I have my emotions and I I guess I don't I have them and I accept that I have them and I don't want to investigate why I have them. I'm not that deep on it. And I'm that's honest. I never liked philosophy. I'm I'm reading, I'm listening to a philosophy book for my book Whoa. club, which yeah, the it is a straight philosophy book, but disguised as a comedy book, and it actually can be funny. Michael Schur, who created uh, the Good Place and Parks and Rec, I think. <gasps> oh, how interesting! He wrote a philosophy book. He did, and he studied philosophy for oh. years, and he's just making light of it, and but but really going into it and dumbing it down for someone like me. And I hate it because I would just rather just live life and not investigate that deeply. I, I, and I'm uh, embarrassed to admit that, but I'm not that deep. I don't think you should be embarrassed to admit it. I think that's, I think that's really interesting. Like, I mean, I think that's cool that that doesn't, I'm being dead serious. Like that's, I think that there's a lot of people like that, that don't, don't they don't have to Mm -hmm. there's not a thing Ah, that's probably i don't know i don't who knows what it is what makes it what makes people you know unfortunately i think what makes it uh makes people want to understand it more deeply which i don't even know if it helps but it's probably trauma oh sure right sure and or (laughs) i mean you seek if you need the answers for something and you know then you're you want to investigate and you want to dig deep and I think also the reason her shame and vulnerability TED Talk got so much, I mean, it got like millions and millions of views right away was because it put a word, and she does say this um, in the, I think in the first episode, is she puts, she talks about language, putting language to these things, mm-hmm. right? Because that for me, I will say, feeling like such a freak as an artist, as a person, not knowing not being afraid to express anything that's going on, uh, you know, unless I'm on stage, I guess, with a microphone. But like, you know, like being afraid of what people are going to think and all that, like the vulnerability you feel just by being a person on this planet and feeling like you could be attacked at any minute. Her putting language to that is like, oh, that's actually a strength. Mm hmm. That's actually a thing that makes you empathetic to other people who are going through things like that. So you can actually look at every person who's acting, you know, horribly and you can put a lens on it that's like, right, well, we all are human beings. Like there's always something that colors everybody's what they're doing. I mean, I you know, if there's a bully at school, I'm going to say to Casey, well, let's think about why they're acting that way and behaving that way and what's going on at home for them. That and Brene Brown says you can't walk in other people's shoes, and I disagree. Like, 
Didn't she say that? Or am I quoting the wrong thing? She said that. I think she I think she meant like when you're listening to someone talk, you shouldn't assume that you understand that you know what they're going through. Right. But But she also says, like, as a white privileged woman, she would never she can't say I genuinely understand what it's like to be discriminated against because of my skin. Yes. Even though I've been discriminated against. Right. But we can get a deeper understanding when we think about why (laughs) the bully. Oh, that fucking kid. If (laughs) we you hear us. Are you a Fandy? Because we're coming for you. Get me in a dark alley (laughs) with that little shit. And he was awful to Casey and to everybody. And I would always say, let's just think about what what his life must be like at home and why he acts this way at school and and at camp and just on the streets. Oh. Um, So, yeah, you know, I am totally willing and wanting to empathize and put myself in other people's shoes and investigate when it applies. I guess I'm too selfish when it applies to me or my child. I'll investigate all day long. I'm not afraid of emotions at all. I just, yeah, uh, I would just rather be singing and dancing. That's a great way to investigate your emotions. (laughs) It can be. (laughs) It can be. Yeah, I think it also it's it's kind of boring. I mean, it really is. Nobody really wants to talk about it ever, do they? Yes. And, you know, as I was watching Brene Brown, this was my only experience with her. And I was like, this is just not for me. Mm. And I although I love being there for my friends and investigating, if you call me and say I have a problem or you call me crying, I want to dig deep and help and be there. Um but just not in a clinical way. And, uh, you know, and I, and I don't want to have to read a book about it. I just want to figure it out. And I'm a problem solver, which makes it hard sometimes to be a listener. That's a huge yeah. fault of mine. You're crying. I'm desperate to make you feel better. So I start yeah. with, well, have you tried this? Maybe you could do this. And I need to, yeah. I'm always telling myself, just listen. Don't offer helpful <sighs> hints. Just listen. But yeah, so that's really hard. I'm I remember reading years and years and years ago that men are from Mars, women are from Venus thing. (laughs) And I was, I I aligned with the men completely and totally. You know, you just want to fix, you want to dive in and fix. You don't want to just talk about something in circles. You just want to, and that's, that's what I'm guilty of. You know what? I think actually a lot of self-help is like that though. So actually, I mean, it, it, you know, that whole like you're a badass and, you know, a lot of this, although I will say like, because Brene Brown's actually super masculine, I think mm. like she's very research minded, mm-hmm. um, which is probably why she doesn't come off as, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, she's pretty research minded and there's data, which is sort of like a lot of people, it helps them, uh, you know, put a framework around this thing that's very, you know, sure. can be very overwhelming. Right. Uh, we won't ever have to watch it again. Yay! Because they will never make another one again. <laughs> I don't think so. Man Cave is a production of True Story FM Engineering by Pete Wright. Thank you, Pete. Sorry, Pete. Uh, music by Ian Post. And we are available on all platforms. But if you are on yeah. Apple Podcasts right now, please pause the podcast, give us five stars, and write your review like KP yes. Snacks did this week. We got a new review. It helps people find us <laughs> and it validates us in ways we can't validate ourselves. 
if you want to go tell Curtis that he never should have recommended this, and I'm sorry, Curtis, I'm throwing you under the bus. Not really. I probably would have picked it anyway, all on my own. Uh, You can go to Discord and join us on the community channel, or you can uh, become a Fandy, which is a Man Cave member, and you can join us on the Super Secret Members Only channel. How do you become a Fandy? So easy. Go to mancave.com slash Fandy. It's like five bucks a month. You can support us. You get cool shit like, you know, bonus content, birthday messages. We we do all sorts of special things, even prom pictures. Yes. So, yeah, it, which everybody wants. Yes. Uh, and there's so much swag and merch and oh, yeah. love it yep. all. Wear it with pride. Uh, so go to mandcave.com slash merch and get T-shirts and totes and coffee cups uh, my current favorite is the only Fandies. I'm obsessed. I oh I god, yes. proudly wore my sweatshirt on my trip. So please <laughs> support us so we can keep doing this because we love it and we love you. I have a game for you. Yes. Although I gotta say, it was really so. <laughs> it was so unpleasant. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I was falling asleep during this thing. I, I I couldn't make any sense of it. I I wanted to say something meaningful or fruitful and just there was just nothing. Mm. So it was really hard to make a game about something that was so serious and kind of like not that interesting. But I I I think I came up with something. Are you ready? Always. Okay, because I think of you as a person who's very good at talking about this stuff. This is Are You Better Than Brene? <laughs> Always. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? So this is, you're going to give me your Brene Brown, but the Mandy Kaplan version of advice. Okay. On real situations. Oh my okay? God. Okay. So, okay. You're doing a podcast with someone who's really bossy. No, I'm kidding. That was a joke. All right. Your very best friend in the world. This is true. Yes. Ready? Your very best friend in the world has terrible taste in men. Yes. Okay, stop it. Don't don't speak. That was 100 years ago and I'm married now, so just stop. Yep. All right. She is constantly bringing her awful new boyfriend to every wedding, birthday, and brunch. This could be numerous new boyfriends, but it's always awful. Okay. It's so painfully obvious that she can do better. Yeah. But what can you do? What would Mandy say? Mandy, uh, 20, 30 years ago, would have pretended to like him, tried to find something to like, uh, very much so. Mandy today would sit, let's call it hypothetically you, down and say, you can do better and I'm worried about your choices. This guy's an asshole. Oh, really? Yeah. You really would say that? No no time to lose. Like I, like, I can't waste time on this planet. Yeah. So what if your friend is like, go fuck yourself, I'm having a good time and we won't come to your parties. I would say that breaks my heart and I hope you know I'm coming from a place of loving you and I hope that, you know, I hope someday you can let me back in. Oh, I, yeah. But I have to be honest with my friends. Wow. Yeah. It, it, is, okay. it has been a problem. I mean, I have friends who come crying when, you know, He's so awful and hears everything and hears the truth of what's going on behind closed doors. And I'm like, you got to get out of there. That's not a good situation. He's awful. And then they make up. 
And then I'm left on the outs, <gasps> but it's okay because I know they'll come when they need me. That did happen to me one time. Yeah. Yeah. Where I said, full out, you can do better. And then they got married. Yep. Sorry, Jer. <laughs> She's telling the truth now. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Good, good. All right. Good advice. Good advice. Hey, All right. Ready? Oh, my God. And if if you, if anybody out there follows my advice, please reach out and let me know how it goes. I love this stuff so much. Oh. At Mandy underscore yeah. Kaplan underscore Clavens. Slide into my DMs. That's what people say. Slide into my DMs and tell me like, okay, I told my friend I hate her husband or whatever. Like, just go do, go forth and do these things, people. Your (laughs) lives will be better. Okay. I want to go deeper on this because I I just want to go a little deeper. Okay. So how do you practice what you're going to say? Do you get like a role-playing person? Like, how in the fuck do you, what do you take them to lunch? Do you have drinks first? Like, like, how do you even get to that? point in the conversation like what how do you not worry that they're going to storm out and never speak to you again like you could lose one of your closest friends well yeah yes and i have uh but i i have to speak my truth i think back to when i was dating bad guys and yeah. you know and did people say stuff to you one friend did and at the time i was so angry at her And I still, to this day, admire that she said, this guy is unhealthy for you. I don't like him. Wow, that's great. Yep. Huh. See, I really think the truth sets you free and the truth is the most valuable thing. But I don't think I walk my walk. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Because I'm too terrified that I'm going to say the thing that makes people hate me. Okay, something to work on. So do you do a role play or do you write it down first or you just go with your gut? No, it always comes out organically, right? They're like, oh my God, what do I do? He said this and he did this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I uh, I can't tell you what to do, but if it were me, I would get the fuck out of there and I would not be talked to that way. And it just comes mm-hmm. out. Okay. Let me reframe this. What if the friend is not complaining about their asshole boyfriend? Oh. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I no, I've I've never um that that is not a thing in my life right now. There's nobody in my life who's who's with somebody that I'm dying to just be like, I just need to tell you I hate your spouse or your your significant other. So, mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. think I would speak up if it's unhealthy, I will speak up. If my friend is being hurt or harmed, even if they're unaware of it, I will speak up. If it's just that like, ah, that lady's a real brat and I don't like being around her, then I wouldn't speak up. Okay, that's a good. Okay, so if the friend complains, it's all systems go. Yep. I appreciate that. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like it. All right. This is a good one. This is kind of a gimme because you're the queen of this. Um, You've been dating someone for three months and have had lots and lots of sex with them Mm -hmm. all over the place. But you know it's not going to be someone you want to date permanently. Mm -hmm. What do you say to them and how? Um... I'm the queen of this. What I know. No. This is a gimme. I'm asking. Like, you, you just called me the queen of having public sex or... Or... Oh, no. I just... I just like to, I want our fandies to view you, our only fandies to view, imagine you having sex all over the place. Right. Um, so I'm going to talk about Barry. 
And when I was dating, banging Barry, we were friends. We started banging. It was great. We were like, and then I like went home with him for Passover, met his parents. And I was like, oh, oh, he thinks this is something it's not. We need to have a talk. So I Mm -hmm. said to Barry in a cab on a ride home, I was like, we we need to talk. I just feel like this might be heading in a certain direction, like towards a relationship and and I'm not there. And I, I want it if we want to continue just having fun, like that's great. Or maybe we should stop like, you know, just whatever is good. Like I, I laid it all on the line and Barry goes, yeah, that's fine. We can stop. <laughs> and I didn't know what to say. <laughs> and I was like, so is it like, that's cool. Like we're, we can still be friends. He's like, yeah, of course. We'll still be friends. It's fine. And I was like, he said, what's, what's your reaction right now? Like you're having some reaction. And I was like, so you're not in love with me? (laughs) And Barry burst out laughing. He was like, no, not at all. And I was like, oh yeah, good, good, good. Yeah. Just making sure. Okay. And that was how I broke up with Barry. But it was like, we were both like, yeah, we've had our fun. But I think lines were getting blurred for both of us. Like, why was I at your house for Passover? That's not how this should go. Right. Well, there is that. Right. right? If you there's certain assumptions that you make, like I I was always fine. You know, like if I was just having fun, like I didn't even need to introduce that person to my friends. But that didn't always go so well for me. <laughs> right. There was I did a lot of secret shame dating. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, I did. Yeah. I have done that as well. But that was just I love that example because I was just convinced like, well, he must be <laughs> f- developing deep feelings for me. Poor guy. And no, I love that. no he wasn't. So, oh God. Hi, Barry. That's so great. Okay. <laughs> Barry, we love you. And good on you, Barry, yeah. for knowing, uh-huh. you know. Okay. I'm just going to do one more. I will, we'll just do one more. Um, all right. So, here's a Brene Brown quote There is no innovation and creativity without failure, period. All right. This is Mandy Kaplan's advice mm-hmm. You have tried something 10 times, it has failed every time. Do you keep going? And if so, how? You must. What are your tips? You must change your approach. And I know it's an old-fashioned okay. thing to say, but I, I, I would say change the tape. Right? Don't do it again the same way you've yep. been doing it. But if you are trying to write a novel, you have to shake things up, and whatever that means, like start over from scratch, or go take a trip to Europe and get inspiration, or whatever it is. Uh, but. I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't watch people have the same conversation over and over and over. And that's personal. It's professional. All the things when people get stuck in a loop. I have said mm-hmm. to many people in my life whom I love dearly, you've been saying this in the same way for a long time. Please, like, right. change the tape and I'll be here and I'll listen to a, a new version of this. But you try something new. Is that harsh? Try something new. And that... No, it's not harsh at all. Still my God. write your novel. I mean, like, I think write like, your um, secret novel, Mandy Fabian. But please don't tell yeah. me like, <laughs> so I did it again. I rented the same cabin that I always rent. And I, you know, and I went there and I brought the same groceries and I, I sat down to write and I got writer's block. And I'm like, well, don't tell me this same story again. Please tell me a different story. Yeah. Really good advice. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when we were going to do an advice podcast, but really it would be you giving the advice and then I could just ask you questions. Yes. <laughs> it would be you going, yeah, I should have done that. Oh, oh, I okay. hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do one more. Yeah. Okay. 
you're you're overworked and can't take on another responsibility, even though you promised weeks ago you could. What do you say to your coworker, friend, whatever, who's counting on you to get it done? This is how you're quitting the podcast. This is how you're couching it. No, you're like no, I gotta, not at all. I, I just tell took her. yeah. These are these are from the internet. I took questions that I saw people like these are p- problems people have. Mm-hmm. Well, but yes, I do you want to struggle quit the with saying no. So what should I say? <laughs> you you struggle with saying no, and I'm always encouraging you to say no. And you are always spreading too thin and saying yes to everybody because you want to do it all. And I'm way better than I used to be. Yeah, yeah. But I I'm so you have heard this advice from me many times. I will say it's okay that you committed. Your circumstances have changed. You need to explain that. Yes, a month ago, I thought I could, but now I can't. And I'm sorry. You know, maybe I could help next time. Maybe I could help in a different way. Can I can I write a check? That's a big one for me. Like, you know, could I be helpful in some way without uh-huh. the time commitment and the what I what I had promised just can't happen. And I'm sorry. Do you ever say yes to things that you're like, oh, I don't really want to do that. Do you ever do that? Besides sex? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> No, sorry, Jer. Oh, I asked the money question. Not with Jer. Not with Jer. Uh, oh, to the other people yes, who are asking yes, you to have sex? Yes, of course. <laughs> um, do I say yes to things? Yeah, I mean, we all do, right? You, you, oh, you have to come to my, you know, whatever, my girls' night. It's going to be amazing. We're going to do it. And I'm like, okay, great. You know, maybe I'm not feeling it. But I wouldn't say yes to a long-term thing. If somebody said, I have a part-time job, you know, do you want it? I wouldn't say yes if I didn't. Oh, interesting. Okay, so the longer it's going to go on, the more you're, the more likely you you are to be like, no, yeah, no yeah. thanks for sure. But a little quickie is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's all. That's all wonderful. I that really is the only I had this. That was the game. Yes. Of are you better than Brene? And really good advice. Thank you. I, I mean, want to yeah. start my own cult. Like, like this is long overdue. <laughs> if people would just. Follow my advice and then start mm-hmm. dressing like me and growing their hair out. Yeah. You know? Well, maybe you could be the front woman for Brene's next book. You know what I mean? Does she need a front woman? Isn't and then just she her own front woman? <laughs> she is. But I'm just saying, you know, you're very dynamic. You're good yeah. on camera. Maybe Bless that could, you know, could blend the. <laughs> Bless your heart. All right. And, and thank you. Yeah. And oh. I. I'm glad that you love her. Honestly, like I, it, I know it lights you up. It inspires you, and that's incredible. That's what makes you and me so different and so unique. Is right that she inspires you and lights yeah. you up, and I don't want any part of it <laughs> <laughs> of her. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. So I am going to assign you something for next week, and it came from yes. logging into HBO Max to watch this. And realizing okay. that they have made a series of one of my favorite books in the vein of girls on trains who are gone and watching and they're <gasps> coming before and marrying after and secrets and all of that. The, the book is called The Girl Before. And I read it years ago. <laughs> oh, boy, you know it? No, I don't know it. I just love the title. Right. So, uh... It is now a series on HBO starring, uh, I'm never going to get her name right, Gugu and Bartha? Gugu, no. Whoa. 
No, no idea, but I'll look it up. Okay. And David Oyelowo? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oyelowo, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Okay. But yes, I know the actor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Starring them, it is thriller, intrigue, and right Ooh. up our alley. I think three or Great. four episodes are already out, so I'm hoping by the time we, you know, that we would watch more than just one. No pressure. But I'm yep. excited to watch it. The Girl before watch it with us fandies fantastic oh and i finished the thing about pam really good me too yeah, yeah. so good oh <laughs> i i really like okay it. good yeah you know let's just stick to uh, true crime and uh, murder i think that's really what we've learned here today exactly <laughs> all right <sighs> till next week love you i love you 